Welcome to the Facility Dude Podcast. Here's your hosts, Bob, Papa Dude Bittner, and Tony Butler. Welcome, everyone, to the Facility Dude Podcast. My name is Grace Tester, and I'm here with Bob Bittner. How are you, Bob? I'm doing good, Grace. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Spring has almost sprung here in North Carolina. Lots of flowers out, and, uh, you know, one of these days we're going to wake up, and our cars are going to be all yellow from that pine pollen. (laughs) Definitely not my favorite time of year. My car gets really gross, and my allergies (laughs) act up. Um, which I think is actually what we're going to talk a little bit about today, right? Well, a little bit. It does have some uh, relationship to it. We're going to talk about uh, HVAC air filters. Uh, it's always been kind of a pet peeve of mine about how we have maintained our HVAC units, particularly when it comes to filtration. And let me just kind of go back in history a little bit about why and how we got filters in the first place. And back in uh, in the uh, 1920s, 30s, uh, as air, hang, air handling units became uh, more popular, uh, most of it was because of heat, and we had electric heat strips in there. And so they were actually putting filters in to collect the dust so the dust didn't get on heating elements and cause fires. That's really what the very first part of the uh, filtering uh, media was intended for. And then as we move through time, uh, up into the 80s and 90s, we got much more concerned about indoor air quality and the condition of the space inside and and uh, how people were uh, reacting to certain things. And as we talk about this pollen, you know, we're going to be seeing that here in a few days in North Carolina, the, particularly the pine pollen that uh, uh, we see all over our cars, that yellow look. And it really, um, that actually is one of the larger pollen uh, spores that we have. Most of them we don't see. Most of them are so small that we can't even see. But the pine certainly we do see. And it's usually the pollen that we don't react to. Most of the pollen that really causes problems with our eyes and, and uh, runny nose and so forth are much smaller than the pine pollen. And we utilize um, filtration in our air handling systems both to capture the dirt from an indoor air quality, but we also capture it so we are protecting the equipment itself and the performance of the equipment. Good filtration uh, in an air handler, a lot of people don't think about this, but the uh, cost of filtering, uh, part of that cost, 90 uh, or about 81% of the cost of filtration is really in the energy use. When filters become plugged and clogged, it really increases the energy used. When we don't have good filtration and it plugs the coils, decreases the efficiency of the unit increases energy spend, and so the the response to um, act, the actual labor to change the filters and the filter media itself are only about 19% of the cost of ownership around filters. And so we're looking at this uh, as an industry, and as I would go out and inspect units, it really used to bother me when I would open up an air handler and there would be open spaces. Uh, it's much like water. Air is, is very much like water. It will go at the least of the past, uh, least resistance if you put filters in there. And manufacturers, I believe, are a little bit to blame because they have made so many odd sizes of filters. Most of our standard filters, like a 20 by 20 by 2 or 24 by 24 by 2, are very common and used. But then you get into these 
units that have uh, a 19 by 22 or a 18 by 17, very odd sizes. And you may have a bank of them and you might get um, variation in filter manufacturers. Some of the quality is not as good as others. And even a space as small as uh, one millimeter can decrease the efficiency about 5%. And if you go up to uh, a half inch of uh, bypass on those, it can really decrease the uh, efficiency of the filter about 35 to 40%. So you're decreasing the efficiency of it. You're allowing a lot of dirt to go by and collect on the, the coils and then pass on down through the ductwork and into the space where employees are. So I would always um, get after my guys and say, do you really enjoy coil cleaning? Because uh, if you don't keep good filtration in and you get a lot of dirt on the coils, then uh, you have to go in annually and clean those coils. And none of us uh, in the industry like to do coil cleaning. It's a dirty, it's a nasty job, it's in a tight location. And it's just plain hard to do. Yeah, it uh, brings a whole new uh, meaning to the word spring cleaning, right? <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, you know, you, you have to then introduce some chemicals into, this, into the airstream and onto the coils that typically you wouldn't have to do. So I always said, let's prevent the dirt from getting there. And as we look, as the transformation of filters and filter media has uh, evolved over time. It used to be, we just called them uh, the bowling ball catchers, the typical little one-inch uh, air filters that you can easily see through, and uh, they're, they're good enough to catch the big bugs and uh, leaves and so forth that come in there. Oh. But when you're talking about uh, smaller particles down to the micron size, that you really are trying to protect and get a good environment, uh, both to protect the equipment and the employees, you have to really look at it. Uh, back uh, in the early 90s, ASHRAE came out with a standard. It's mostly referred to as MERV, a MERV rating of a filter. And most people, if you talk to them about filters, they'll say it's a MERV 6 or a MERV 7 or 8 or 9. Uh, and it goes from 1 up to uh, 16. The most common MERV ratings that we would use in the commercial market would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 9 to 13. 9 being uh, the recommended for uh, a good filtration and a cost point. Uh, some areas will do a, a, a 13. When you get into higher efficiency places, uh, like in a pharmaceutical environment where they have a really tight clean room, then it's a totally different ball game, totally different kind of filtration. Uh, you may hear these terms on vacuum cleaners. I've got a HEPA filter on it, and a, a HEPA filter is a, a very small, a very tightly uh, uh, compacted filter in order to keep out the smallest of particles that it won't influence either a product development, a drug that's being done, or so forth. And then when you get into the medical environment, into healthcare, you also get into some HEPA filtering. But by and large, most of our clients uh, in, on their general use HVAC units are going to be looking at a MERV rating between uh, a 9 and a 13 as a good place to, to be. But if you put a MERV 13 uh, filter in, for instance, which is a higher efficiency, the higher number, the higher efficient it is, and you leave a gap in there of one millimeter, it really only is producing the efficiency of a nine MERV filter. So if you're going to spend the money for the extra protection, you want to make sure that it's sealed good. And that's what was always kind of a an issue for me that we 
we would install them. And then a lot of times when we have these odd uh, sizes, they will put a spacer in. They'll put something in that maybe the filters that you can buy won't really fill up the whole space. And so the manufacturer would include a spacer. A lot of times it was a, maybe a piece of wood or a piece of metal, or a lot of times they would uh, fabricate a, a uh, piece of metal that looked like a Z, and you would put that in there, and it would create a little uh, uh, seal when you would push against it with the door. And so uh, they're very easy to fall out, uh, to drop out. They're back in the back end of the uh, unit, so I'm not going to waste my time crawling back in there. It's dirty, it's dark, it's wet. And uh, I don't want to get in there, and so I just leave it out. And so you open up a uh, filter compartment on an air handler, and you've got a gap there of two or three inches that air is just bypassing. And it's very evident when you look at uh, an air handling unit when the dirt bypasses. If you've got bypass going on, you'll see the dirt on the outside of the, the filter. One of the other things that uh, uh, used to... Uh, be kind of comical to me that uh, people would open the filter door and they would say, oh, the filter's extremely dirty. I would ha I had an uh, uh, environmental guy one time open up uh, a unit, and we hadn't had the, uh, uh, the filters hadn't been changed that long ago, but they were doing their job. They were catching dirt. And the way, uh, and he said, oh, you got to, these are filthy. You got to change them. They're in horrible shape. Well, one of the things that you have to understand about a filter is it works on a bell curve just like uh, some other things that we look at but as dirt loads into that filter it actually becomes more efficient so just looking at the surface and saying well it looks dirty you ought to replace it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the most efficient time uh, or the best cost uh, time to replace that filter because as a filter loads up it, it, it works deeper and deeper into the filter material and uh, at such a point of time, then it starts to flake off and get in the airstream. So there's a fine balance. And really the optimal way to, to test that is a differential pressure between the one side of the filter and the other. And how much of a, what they refer to as a, uh, a delta P, a, a differentiation in pressure. And uh, that can really tell you the optimal time to replace the filter. But just because you look at it and say, well, the face of it's dirty doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's time to change it. Gotcha. Um, so uh, I just uh, want to encourage our folks today to really look at the quality of filters that you're buying. A lot of times you're going to be driven by price, and you really need to look at the total cost of ownership for a filter when you're doing this. Our standard old flat filter that had um, a fiberglass or some kind of a fiber mesh in there, that uh, might be as low as a MERV 3 or a 4, that really is just what we refer to as bug catchers, right. bowling balls, big <laughs> things, you know, that are going to, uh, to get through. But they're much cheaper. They're much cheaper to manufacture. There's not as much material there. And so a purchasing agent would say, well, I can get this one for 38 cents a piece, and the one you want to put in is cost $3. As you look at it, the total cost of ownership then is how long will it last, how good of a job will it do, uh, is it really doing not only protecting the equipment, but protecting the people that are in the environment. 
The other thing to take into consideration is if you have people that are hypersensitive in an area, I know in different times in the past where we would have people that were sensitive to certain odors or certain things that we would put special filters in. Uh, so there's some uh, filters that are impregnated with charcoal, for instance, that will take out an odor if somebody's particularly sensitive to an odor in an area. Maybe you've got a worker that's close to an intake from uh, the exhaust of a kitchen fan, and, and they might be sensitive to that. And so there's some special filtration. But even in with the basic filtration these days, uh, a pleated filter is by far uh, would be my choice in uh, a, a standard HVAC application. A pleated filter uh, is zigzag back and forth, and the great advantage of that is, is you get so much more filter surface in the same dimension. So if you have a 24 by 24 filter and you have a uh, pleated filter, you can get the same filter coverage as maybe three or four of those filters being put in side by side uh, as far as catching material and the air going across those filters. And it will last longer and do a better job for you over time. So talk to your filter representative uh, and really get to understand what the uh, key components of the filters are and that it's just not something to throw in there and walk away. The other thing when um, during the installation you always want to have the air handler off when you're changing filters. Never ever change filters uh, when the unit's running because as you're pulling that out dirt's falling off, things are happening and that will just pass through and, and go through the unit. Some of it will cling to the unit cause deficiencies in the unit, some will get through the airstream to the people that you're trying to protect. So always have the unit off when you're doing it. When you're replacing it, make sure that you've got good seal on both ends and between the filters, that the door seals properly. One of my, another big uh, pet peeve of mine is, is that doors don't get sealed properly. Some of them have screws on them and we only put two screws back on because we've dropped four of them and air will get sucked in past uh, where those screws are supposed to be. Manufacturers don't put more screws in just to irritate us. They put them <laughs> in there because that seals it. That's what's required to seal that unit. And so put all of the screws back in. Make sure all the latches are latched tightly when you put that uh, back together so you get the proper filtration that you're expecting, that you're going to get the money's, your money's worth out of the filters. And then uh, there's also some considerations in, in certain states, particularly with the uh, medical and pharmaceutical environment, that you have to use special uh, precautions about disposing of filters. It can often cost more to dispose of a filter than it does to buy a filter, particularly if it's in some kind of a research area, in some, uh, some kind of a infectious control area in healthcare. Uh, you never know what might be living or growing on those filters. So special precautions, safety precautions when people take them out, how they're handled, how you move them throughout the building, how you dispose of them. Some of them have to be disposed of in a, in a very special and particular way and can cost you more, as I said, than the original filter. Um, so uh, all of those things uh, you need to take into consideration, but I just can't stress enough how important it is um, to have good filter maintenance. And you ought to be checking for that the media uh, isn't damaged, doesn't have holes in it. I've, I've walked into facilities and opened up the uh, filter door, the filter access door, and half of the filters were blown out of it. They hadn't been changed for so long that they just sucked the filters through oh, no. and uh, they had gotten damp and they got weak 
and so they just got sucked through, and there wasn't being anything, wasn't being uh, protected at all. Um, and there's also a, a directional uh, arrow on these filters. You need to know which direction the, the air is flowing, and so you need to pay particular attention to that when you install it. Some manufacturers now are actually color-coding the sides. White on one side, gold or yellow on another side <laughs> indicates which side you ought to have. Uh, it's just a little better visual. Um, and make sure by all means that it's sealed well. Uh, even a high-efficiency filter, if you're using a, a MERV 13, you've gone to the expense of putting a higher-efficiency filter in, uh, make sure you're not degrading that efficiency by not uh, having them sealed properly, not having them in there tightly to do that. And uh, just uh, just overall good maintenance when it comes to filter uh, changing. And I also want to encourage people that when you're doing filter maintenance is it's extremely important to pay attention about other things that are going on there. We have belts that might be, be loose, things, uh, drip pans that might be leaking, Pay attention to those other things on the unit as you're there inspecting and changing the filters. You're there, you have them out, you have good visibility to it, so take that opportunity to look at it. So this just gets me kind of uh, one of my pet peeves off my chest, (laughs) and uh, there's just so much more to it than uh, people a lot of times imagine, and we just say, well, we'll just go send send somebody that's not trained, somebody right. that's low paid uh, to go do this. And that shouldn't be the case on this. It's a, it's a, an important job, protects the equipment, can cost you a lot in energy, can cost you a lot in indoor air quality and issues with employees, and can also set up a, uh, if you are in a, a condition where you have a medical potential of, of, of spreading some kind of a disease or in a, a lab environment, that people need to be protected. So just take all this in precaution. Uh, don't take it lightly. A lot of times it's just looked at as, well, we got to do filter maintenance right. and just go do it. But there's so much more to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing, Bob. Um, we will be back next week. And you can always check us out on iTunes or Stitcher and email us directly at podcast at facilitydo.com. Thanks again, Bob. Thank you. Have uh, a great day. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Facility Dude Podcast. We love to hear your feedback about the show. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and help other facility operations professionals like yourself find the show. Email your questions or comments to podcast at facilitydude.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Facility Dude. We look forward to hearing from you.